0: Welcome back to another episode of Adventures in Time and Space, a Doctor Who podcast where three Scottish guys watch all of Doctor Who from 1963 to present. And in this episode, we review The Unquiet Dead from 2005. So shall we crack on with the news then? We shall crack on for the news. Yes. Would the owner of the blue box in Private Gallery 15 please report to the steward's office immediately? So, recently, um, obviously we're recording on Friday the, what's today? 17th. 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 17th today, so it's Children in Need. So obviously we we'll, we haven't watched the Children in Need episode yet. Oh,
1: yes, that's on tonight, yes,
0: yes, yes, yes. That's yes, on tonight. Yes, yes. So, yeah. so, by the time this goes out, next week it would have already been out. So, Well, this is going like to start next time. Yeah. Um, Russell has confirmed that, obviously, because, you know, they're doing the colorizations for the Daleks. Yes. Yeah, he said that there's obviously going to be some more Doctor Who colorizations in the future. Ooh. Yeah. He was quoted to say that they already started work on next year's, so. Oh. So we'll see some more in the future.
1: Well, that sounds like a good, a good thing. Yeah, I've seen I've seen some of the some of the photos of it. it. It looks like after watching it in black and white, it looks pretty strange, but it also kind of gives it a new depth.
0: Yeah, it kind of, I don't know. It's going to be kind of interesting to see how it like it looks with the, the actual dark movie because that's in color as well. So yes, that'd be interesting. Um. Also. He said that he wants to give the Daleks and the Cybermen a break, so there won't be any in, in next season.
1: Oh, well, I mean, yeah, kind of. They kind of started using the Daleks and the Cybermen a lot. Like they, they kind of stopped for a while, like after, like after like the, the um after the tenth Doctor and like David Tennant's tenth Doctor after like I think it was like the and the. Brought brought the Daleks back again in the second series that he did. And then it kinda tailed off with the Daleks. It wasn't it was more focusing on like building other stories with other villains. Yeah. So I think that in a in a good way it's good to let even though the Daleks and the Cybermen are such iconic villains, they can be used far too much for that fact.
0: Yeah, because Chibblin was using them basically every special. Yeah. And then he, we had them in the Power of the Daleks as well, both of them. Not Power of the yeah. Daleks, Power of the Doctor, you know. And uh, then you had it
1: what is it, the Pindorical Opens as well?
0: Yeah, and then they've been in like, basically every season, basically apart from season 11. Season 11 they weren't in, really, any apart no. from that. But, uh, yeah. So that'd be good. It will we'll be. See, we'll get to see some new villains come out. There's a lot of new audio episodes on BBC Sounds. Yes, there is
1: definitely a lot there.
0: Yeah, so if you're new to Big Finish, that's a good way to kind of um, start getting into that and see if that's so, for you.
1: If If I'm right in saying these audio episodes, are some of them the audio from the lost, like lost uh, episodes?
0: Yeah, there's some like there's there's a section called missing episodes.
1: Yeah.
0: And that's like the Dalek master plan Marco Polo was up. Um. I'm trying I think what else was up? There was the fear. There wasn't a lot, but they might add more as they go along. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh, what was it? And they've got some of the audio from Big Finish. Some of them are up. Yeah, and they've got the the Mind of the zodiac, which is uh, written by Russell T Davis. The Mind of the Odiac, Mind of the zodiac. Odiac, not
1: Zodiac, Odiac,
0: Odiac. I think that's how you pronounce it. I know. Yeah, because Russell wrote that back in the 80s and sent it into the production uh-huh. team, <laughs> with that and they've done it and big finish. So nice. And they've got some of the Ninth Doctor stories right up okay. some audios and some of the 10th Doctor stuff. And yeah. So I'd definitely check that out.
1: Yeah. Sounds mm-hmm. a good idea, actually.
0: And we just received word that viewers in the US and Canada can now from yesterday, the sixteenth of November. Can uh, stream over six hundred episodes of classic who via 2B. Oh, well, that lucky them. <laughs> well, yeah, because we get it on a uh, BBC iPlayer, yeah, so and obviously BritBox and stuff like that. So yeah, they've not really got anything like that in a minute.
1: So. Uh, also, thing. sorry, did you see about them um, the next season? Uh, I well, this was classic news as well that uh, Shitty Gat was Doctor is going to have a scene with um, William Hucknall's Doctor.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know. Some people are thinking that might be in Adventures in Space and Time. The time and space. Was it a space yes. and time? Because um, there's a bit at the end of that that they might have changed. I don't know. Because it's not on BBC iPlayer yet. Oh. No, I think so it's...
1: it's- it, uh, what... Well, what what I'd seen of it, seen written down, was it's actually in next in the season coming for Doctor Who. Like so, like it's not it sounds like it's going to be in the actual series. Yeah, it might be, well, or season. It might be. It might not. That's just the way that kinda I'm getting the gist of it when looking at the news for it. Well, the reading the article for it.
0: It, quite possibly. Uh, I don't know if they're just using some archive footage and then
1: editing it all together, or it, whatnot. They could, or it could be like. Hopefully, it's not an extremely bad CGI job.
0: Well, yeah, they start. They could use CGI. You never know. Um, yeah. Because you can start using that these days anyway, can't you? So. Oh yeah. Because they did that in Star Wars with um, Luke Skywalker. Yeah, but that was bad. Yeah, and they've done it with uh, Anakin as well, and Ahsoka <laughs> and stuff like that, and see, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi.
1: See, in Ahsoka, it was okay, but yeah. in the Mandalorian, we, we look, it was really bad, but we're getting off topic here, we're getting into Star Wars. Not, not yeah, who. anywho. <laughs> anywho, anywho-who. 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 So,
0: on, uh, on 25th of November, after, you know, obviously, the Star Beast airs, there's going to be... I don't know if you've seen there's going to be a Channel 5 documentary about Doctor Who. Oh, no. It's going to be on at 8.30pm on Channel 5 and it's called uh, Doctor Who Secrets and Scandals.
1: Oh. Is it? Is this Channel 5 just getting really pissed off that Doctor Who's coming back again so they're trying to ruin it?
0: <laughs> I don't know. Apparently it was meant to be airing earlier in the year. But... Um, I think they've kind of left it until now, till the sixth death comes. No. It's partly meant to reveal behind-the-scenes stories of how the show was created, uh, like behind-the-scenes stories, and how the BBC were forced to re-edit some episodes, Uh, some scandalous treatment and behaviour of some of the show's main stars. And uh, Revelation's uh, a surprising link between a teenage Peter Capaldi and the series, but long before he became the Doctor. Oh. Uh, I already know what that is anyway. I don't know if you know.
1: No, but we, w- we won't ruin it for people.
0: Ah uh, well. Uh, and this, uh, you know, it exposes a huge fan backlash after the BBC attempted to cancel the show and how the reboot was nearly derailed. So. That'll be on the 25th of November on Channel 5. So, looks like um, next weekend's going to be really busy because we're going to have The Star Beast and then we've got Doctor Who Unleashed on BBC Three and then Channel 5.
1: Yep, it's going to be a lot to watch and report. Yeah. Yeah, But it's worth it. Yes, it looks good. And uh,
0: Millie Gibson has been seen on set recording uh, scenes for the new season. Ooh, that's good. Because we haven't seen her for a wee while yet, so people were starting to worry that she might not be in any of the episodes. But I don't know in what capacity she's going to be there, but we'll have to wait and see.
1: Yeah. Just wait and, and find out. Yeah, wait and find out. And I don't wait and find her, out. I don't have any more news. Oh, well, that's all right. I don't think I've got any more news either. Yeah. No. So, shall we move on to the trivia section? We shall move on to the trivia section. Way. wait, Oh yes, what what?
0: This is episode 3 of series 1 in 2005 and it's called The Unquiet Dead. It aired on the 9th of April 2005. Uh, It was written by Mark Mark Gattis and directed by Euros Lin as well as episode 2. This was obviously uh, filmed in block 2 with the second and third episode together. So some of the events around this point where on the fourth of April before this episode aired was the Gender Recognition Act two thousand four came into effect and allowed transsexual people to have their reassigned gender legally recognized by law. That that
1: that that took a while. It took a while, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I and mean, that's not even twenty years ago. Uh it's coming up for. Off, yeah. but yeah, but yeah. Then, before it was actually put in place, it was a it was a year after that.
0: Yeah, it came into effect. Well, so it act it was the act was two thousand four, but it didn't come into oh yeah, because it, then be two thousand five, wasn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Oh. And then on the same day, uh, Jane Tranter, the controller of drama commissioning publicly apologizes for the BBC's inaccurate portrayal of Christopher Eccleston's reason for leaving Doctor Who.
1: <laughs> Sorry guys, we fucked up. <laughs> yeah. So
0: she admitted that they had not consulted with Christopher Eccleston before preparing the press release and the reasons stated in the press release were false and without stating like what his real reasons for leaving were. <laughs> So, you can kind of understand why Christopher Eccleston got a bit of a. Yeah, you can
1: accident. understand why. Like, yeah, you got better. Yeah. <laughs> I think anyone would be pissed off. Yeah. Because uh, originally they
0: were meant to keep it quiet. His uh, leaving. It was meant to be like a shock regeneration, but obviously someone fucked up.
1: I'm sorry, it's the BBC. They can never keep anything quiet. Yeah.
0: Well, they well, can keep
1: something. They keep Jimmy Savile quiet. Well, yeah, that's what I was about to say. Yeah, and <laughs> and Dave Rolf Harris.
0: Yeah, and whatever else is still keeping quiet. You never know. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, but anyway.
0: <laughs> right. So on the day of this episode, Aaron, on the 9th of April, it was the wedding of then the Prince Charles and Camilla Parker Bowles. Oh, yeah. Anyway, he's now a king. on.
1: Yes, King Charlie, Charlie boy. Yes, and to be honest, I don't think anyone gives a shit. Not really. No, no, no. Anyway. He's, he's, he's just some rich guy that's just got got a promotion.
0: Yeah. Uh, big sausage fingers, man. <sighs> yes. Yummy. Anyway, moving on. So, viewing figures. Do you want to guess what the viewing figure was for this episode? Uh,
1: between. Uh, Well, no, I'm going to say 7.5 mil. Oh,
0: okay. You're close. Uh, It was 8.86 million.
1: I always get it within a million and so much. Yeah, you're so close. Yeah, I'm so close. (laughs) I'm so So close. close. (laughs) I'm I'm always so close. So close. So close. (laughs) So close.
0: Can I guess what the the number one hit was at this uh, for this episode?
1: I understand. Uh, was it Gnarls Barkley crazy?
0: Was that the one? That, Are you crazy? No. No. No, I don't know. No, it's not. <laughs> no, no. It was. Is this the way to Amarillo? Oh, it was still that, wasn't it? Yeah, still Peter uh-huh. Pan, Tony Christie.
1: Yeah, that that's that seemed to never stop, didn't it? Uh, yeah, it went on for a long time. <laughs> yeah, okay, so I'll t- I'll remember that for next time. Yeah, I'll remember that for next episode.
0: Yeah, maybe you and Mike might be able to get that one next time.
1: Yeah, I might, I might, you never know.
0: Uh okay. So, do you want to guess what, what some of the movies were around this time?
1: Uh, around that time would have been Harry Potter. Oh, too early. Too early. <laughs> How... No, yeah, yes, yeah, actually,
0: yeah.
1: <sighs> Honestly, I couldn't actually guess any more movies.
0: Okay. Uh, I don't think you've ever. I've never seen this movie, so I don't think you've ever seen it. Uh I'd be very surprised if you have. Um, it was Sahara. Sahara. Not, never, yeah, never it's... seen it. Nah, Nirvah. It's based on a book by Clive Custler. and it's basically about a explorer who's like looking for like a Civil War battleship in the deserts of West Africa. Oh right, yeah. It stars Matthew McConaughey, uh, Pen- Penelope Cruz, and Steve Zahn. Uh, You'll know Steve Zahn from uh Marvin and uh, Daddy Dearest.
1: Oh yes, yes.
0: Years. And there was also Man of the House that starred Tommy Lee Jones.
1: Never seen that either.
0: He's a Texas Ranger who's uh in charge to protect a group of cheerleaders who witness a murder.
1: That 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 sounds like a, an intro to a really bad, you know <laughs> after dark movie. Yeah, but crap.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you want to guess what the Doctor Who poll was?
1: Uh, what for the episode? Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna say a five five, 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 5 5 out of ten. Yeah, five out of ten. Okay. Um. So,
0: 2005 and 2009, it was rated number five. Yay and 2014 and 2023 it was rated 6 out of 10 oh well for the first, for the next doctor so it's oh, nice, doctor. not bad on yes. 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 so shall so we move on to the production of the episode then uh,
1: yeah so shall move on to the production of the episode
0: no So, from 1966 onwards, Doctor Who had largely avoided depicting real people from history, but Russell felt that it was important for an episode to be set in Cardiff, as that's where the new series was being filmed. And he wanted to put uh, sort of Welsh actors in and have a Welsh cast. And he wanted to be set in Victorian times with Charles Dickens. Now, in the classic coup, there was only a couple of stories that were set in Wales, which was like the Green Death and Delta and the Bannerman. And this was like the first story set in the actual capital of Wales, Carter. So the original brief included fake mediums, and Gattis originally set it in a spiritual hotel. However, Gwyneth became a more popular character with the production team. Fuck off. And took a more and she took a more bigger role and they wanted to give her more screen time. Uh, so Gareth was interested in the possession and zombies and he was a fan of the Victorian era. So he was pretty well good at like, writing this story. Mm-hmm. So Simon Cowell, who portrayed Dickens, had a great knowledge of the author and had experience of playing Dickens and recreated his public readings. Uh, so Cowell was pleased with the portrayal of Dickens um, in this episode because he was like what he was towards the end of his actual life, was she was ill and pretty sad and depressed. Yeah. So Eve Miles, who played uh, Gwyneth, uh, she was booked in for a role at the theatre. However, her agent told her about the role for this episode, and she was keen to audition uh, because of the show's reputation, and she was a massive fan of Christopher Eccleston. And <laughs> so she, she was cast in this episode. Um. Russell, when he was watching her performance, he really liked her performance and she thought she was a great actress, so he wrote her one of the lead roles in the spin-off Torchwood due to this episode. Yes. And I've just um, I've just
1: watched I've just I've just watched the the episode with the callback, so uh... that all right, yeah. <laughs> No, because it's, it's because the the tenth doctor is in one of the episodes where the tenth doctor has a callback to the to that episode.
0: Yeah,
1: so it's it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Anyway. So,
0: work- so work on the episode began on September nineteenth, two thousand four, at the New Theatre in Cardiff for Dickens' reading of A Christmas Carol. And Dickens' description of Phantasmagoria, uh, when he sees, like, the the dead woman and like all the blue light and stuff, was a reference to Gattis' 1999 Big Finish audio drama of the same title, which was like a fifth Doctor adventure. Oh. And for the most part, however, Cardiff's modern redevelopment meant that it would be difficult to find locations which would look like a uh, Victorian uh, setting so they instead most of the, the episode was filmed in like other areas of Wales including Swansea which is where uh, Russell T. Davis is from and Euros Lynn and Monmouth, Newport and Penarth so Eurys Lynn spent several days working on the other episode in the world and during this point um, in block two, it was clear that this episode, episode three, was under running. So in October, Russell wrote new scenes, and one of his goals was to give Eve Miles more to do in this episode, since he had been impressed by her performance. Amongst these was Sneed telling Gwyneth that they would follow uh, Mrs. Peace, the uh, extended goodbye scene with Dickens uh, where they discuss his legacy, and uh, the kitchen scene in with Rose and Gwyneth. Which was like the first mention of Rose's dad. Uh which sets the stage for episode eight. And obviously there's the mention of Bad Wolf as well. Oh yes. And uh, this was added material was filmed in late October. A long time subsequences that were unable to be completed during the original shoot. And the last day of production was October 22nd when uh a lot of the pickup shots and incident shots were all filmed, completed, and Zoe Zoe Fawn gave her performance as the Gelf against a set of black drapes, which would be used to create the CGI for the Gelf. And that's the end of production mm-hmm. for this episode. Very
1: interesting, <coughs> as always. Yes. So, would you like to get on to episode discussion? Yes, we shall move on to episode discussion. Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah.
2: so the unquiet dead written by mark gattis who actually has been in um and a couple of roles in Doctor Who, he played uh, Professor Lazarus in the Lazarus experiment. And he also played Archibald Hamish, Archibald Hamish Lethbridge Stewart, um, as well, which was the grandfather, no, the father of uh, Brigadier Lethbridge Stewart. Is that right? Am I right there? I think he was the grandfather. The Grandfather, right, okay, yeah. Which I think he did exceptionally well in that episode actually, but we'll come to that in a later date. Directed by Euros Lynn as well. The dead are roaming the streets of Cardiff in eighteen sixty nine, when the ninth Doctor and Rose Tyler arrive just in time for Christmas. The Doctor and Rose team up with Charles Dickens and they and they encounter the Gelf. The Gelf are creatures made of gas, and they enter Cardiff through the rift from the other side of the universe. The Gelf's home is lost due to the Time War. They they want to to use the Earth's dead uh, for um, for a physical form, as they don't have a physical form. Um, so, the the Beginning of the episode, you see a man grieving for his grandmother, uh, Mr. Redpath, um, over the d- death of his grandmother, and uh, she ends up getting possessed by the gelf. And then, when Mr. Sneed returns, basically, Mr. Redpath has been uh, strangled to death, yeah, he's dead. She ends up walking through the streets of Cardiff, uh, screaming like a banshee, essentially. Uh, <laughs> And then, um, obviously, that's that uh, rolls the the credits for Doctor Who. Um, but uh, Mr. Sneed, uh, who is the owner of the funeral company, and his assistant Gwyneth go out to on, in the into the streets in order to retrieve. Um, I think her name is Mrs. Pierce. Uh, I think I read somewhere. Uh, so I'm going to refer to her as Mrs. Pierce. And if somebody corrects me, then I'll correct. I'll be corrected. But,
1: um... but then the only thing I've, I've I never I found like funny is the Undertaker. He gets up and he's just like, "Oh, this is completely normal. Let's go and hunt the body down." Yeah, well, this has happened before plenty of times. Yeah, this, oh, this is this is normal. This happens here every single day. <laughs> There's another one. We're doing it again. He's like, and but then even Gwyneth's like, "Oh yeah, okay, right, yeah, let's just get this sorted out then." Yeah, it's like how many times does this need to happen for you to just become numb to it?
0: Yeah, he's like, he's not going to contact anyone to help him. He's just like, oh, well, suck. So. Yeah. So now he's got another dead body in his place. How is he going to explain that though? How is he going to explain that the grandson's dead now?
1: Yeah, he went in to see his grandmother, and then he was strangled. Yeah, I don't know how that happened. Did you strangle him, Mr. Snead? No. 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 No, it was was his grandmother. I I walked in and his grandmother was strangling him.
0: But she's dead. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Right. They're very lively, these dead old people.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So, the Doctor takes her back into the past. It is 1860 uh, to see uh, Naples, but this is the first time that in the new series that the TARDIS goes off course, um, which will continue to happen quite a lot in the future.
1: Yes, the TARDIS has decided it wants to go here.
0: Yeah,
2: this is important. We need to go here instead. The Doctor uh, Rose arrive and are seeing see the sights in a snowy Cardiff during the, the Christmas period. The doctor gets excited when he hears screams and runs in the local theatre where Charles Dickens is given a reading of A Christmas Carol. Now, this says a lot about the doctor, right? Obviously, he's in 1869. It's Christmas. He's walking, walking with a good-looking, uh, a beautiful woman, and a bit and else during Christmas. Quite romantic, and a bit and else. And the doctor gets excited when he hears screams. <laughs> that says a lot about the doctor, doesn't it? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, yeah. Like it's just the fact that he, he kind of goes fantastic. Chucks whatever he had, like the piece of paper out his hand, and just runs in the direction of of the the trouble. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, who does that? <laughs> you know, the Doctor, the Doctor. Yes,
1: yeah. It's like he's he's looking for like oh well, like you say, oh i have not I'm, I shouldn't be here. Then stream is like. Never mind. Something interesting. Yeah, just looking for danger, looking for excitement.
2: Well, yeah. Sorry, I just had to get my little tidbit in there. Like, I'm just like, all right. Most people will be running away, but he runs towards it, I suppose. But you know, the excitement. Um. Uh, the grand. The, it turns out that the grandmother's last request was to see Charles Dickens. Um. Before, uh, before she dies, but uh, obviously she dies, and she, the the possess- um, the girl who's possessed her ends up going to the same theater where Charles Dickens is. Um, which I I'm gonna I'm gonna say something here, right? So, and I don't know if you had the same thoughts, right? So, why would the Gelth who's just obviously like Possessed this woman and everything else. Why would they want to go and see Charles Dickens? You know what I mean? Like, of all the things that they could have done, just sit in a theater and watch like a, a man, like essentially just reading um, like passages from his own book. You know what I mean? Like, they could have done so much more. Like, it, it just didn't make sense to me. I don't know if you've got a different perspective on it because it's in the script. <laughs> All right, that's um okay Go stick to the script I, was, I wasn't expecting that but I thought you had some more in depth insight on that but okay I'll leave that there <laughs> maybe somebody else could uh, maybe tell me but I just uh, I just thought well you know like you know uh anyway just as Charles Dickens reaches the part where Marley's face uh, appears on Scro- Scrooge's door knock
0: Marley's face Marley's face! Marley's
2: face! It's the audience reaction as well. like, oh, <gasps> like, I was like, alright, okay. Just calm yourself. He's just reading a passage out of his book. It's not actually real. <laughs> it's kind of like a, a Victorian version of Audible.
1: Yes.
0: Charles Dickens it is basically stuck in a rut because now he has to keep doing the same crap all the time and because no one gives a shit all the new stuff that he's writing. Which is kind of like you know, most artists today, anyway, isn't it? Because they just like yeah, like the old stuff. Yeah,
2: it gets to the part where Marley's face is on the door knocker on Scrooge's door knocker. will say, vapor starts to come out of the grandmother's mouth, and the gas-like creature ends up um, ends up um, basically flying around, uh, flying around the hall, essentially screaming like a banshee. Goes into the gas lamps. So Mr. Sneed and Gwyneth take off
0: the take away with the body, and Rose is like, "Fuck this! I'll I'll chase after her." And he's like, "Right, don't just like be careful." I was like, "Yeah, great, yeah. Well, that's great advice, man." Like, she's like, "Oh, I'll just chase these people I don't know." Yeah, have you not learned your lesson from last time, love? No,
1: not I swear, to God, like the doctor, like with any companion that he has. When they get back to the TARDIS after the companion being kidnapped or being uh, attacked by something, it must give them some amnesiac or something, because they yeah. keep doing it. Yeah,
0: well, you wouldn't have a plot otherwise, would
1: you? No, you no. Then seriously, if they've, they've lacked, they lack critical thinking.
0: Yeah, that's why he chooses them. <laughs> Fair point. Fair point and charles dickens calls the doctor a navy do you know what a navi is a navi, yeah it's quite like an idiot isn't it uh not really um he says he's dressed like a navy uh, which basically
1: means a labourer oh. yeah so uh, well, okay i'm not brushed up on my victorian english no i don't think so but
0: i just thought it was quite cool. it's quite it's a very really interesting oh, yeah. detail though.
1: It's an, it's an sure.
2: interesting detail. And uh, put it back in the hearse, which Rose ends up catching them. Um, catch, uh, Rose uh, ends up catching them, and Mr. Sneed was nice enough to give her some chloroform for her anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> knocks her out, basically, you know. Um, So, which, that was nice of him, you know. Uh, which wasn't nice nice of him, was leaving her in a room with a dead body that he knows is going to be reanimated. So, uh, a bit of a dickish move right there, wasn't it? The 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 doctor the doctor and Charles Dickens give uh, ends up giving chase to the hearse uh, and there's quite a quite a good interaction between the doctor and uh, Charles Dickens especially when the doctor realizes it's Charles Dickens and that he's like, oh you're absolutely brilliant and all, all the rest of it I'm your fan and then Charles Dickens is like what what uh, what do you what do you mean? Like, uh, how are you a uh, thing to keep oneself cool in the bit and everything else? I'm like, oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> uh, but it's just it's just the way the doctor's like, oh well, I'm, I'm devoted to you and everything else, and he's like, oh right. And it's just the fact that like Charles's uh, Charles Dickens uh, ego gets just gets boosted, and like the driver's like, uh, do you want me to take him out, sir? And he's like, no, 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 he can stay, he can stay. <laughs> just getting a bit of an ego boost, you know um but when the doctor tells charles what has happened to rose he eggs the driver on to go quicker charles dickens i mean uh to uh catch up with the hearse so they can save rose Uh, we find out that rose ends up getting put in a room and locked with a a corpse that ends up getting possessed by uh, well gets reanimated by uh, the gelf I think it's really stupid that Mr. Sneed just shoves her in with a dead body because
0: he knows that they come back to life. So why is he shoving her in there?
1: Um... <laughs> but, but, no. At that at that point, is the whole floaty blue thing not disappeared from the body? Yeah, but it can always come back. And plus, yeah, but the grandson's in no, there as well. Yeah, but but remember, remember, the, Mr. Sneed, is. He's seen all this before. He's not bothered by it. If another body just reanimates itself and starts killing her, it's it's, it's just another... It's just somebody else he can charge.
2: Yeah. The Doctor manages to save the day, as he always... Do- well, in the nick of time, as he always does. No pun intended. And the Doctor and company uh, end up having a seance uh, with the gulf, you know, which... Um, Actually, I want to go back a little bit because I just had to say something. Like, it just goes to show the balls on the fucking doctor telling Charles Dickens to shut up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not a lot of people have the nerve to tell Charles Dickens to shut up. but um, You know what I mean? Like, what, what did you think about that? Like, like, I thought it was a bit rid of him, but I was, like, thinking, come on, it's Charles Dickens, for crying out loud.
0: Yeah, he doesn't have uh, much patience. Yeah. there'
1: doesn't. Like, Shut the fuck up. He's <laughs> just like, look, smartest man in the universe talking.
0: Yeah. Listen to me. I am the doctor.
2: I am the doctor. It, it, says, it says a lot as well, especially if, since he's a, f- a fan. Like, the doctor's a, f- a fan of Charles Dickens. He tells us, like, he's he's potential, well, I wouldn't say hero, but, like, somebody who's who's an admirer tells him like, to shut up, (laughs) fuck off (laughs) Um, and so, Sneak's got a lot of explaining to do
1: yes
0: Uh, and he basically explains like, what's happening with all the dead bodies and stuff like that, they're starting to come back to life, and they seem to hang on to, like, scraps of memories uh, and like one man almost walked in onto like his own memorial service, yeah. just like the older woman like went to go and see Dickens because that was like what she had planned to do. So they yeah. to handle that sort of stuff. But I don't know why they didn't just override that. I don't know. It's
2: a bit weird. Yeah. But yeah, they uh, anyway they end up uh, having a seance with the the gelf, in which the gelf are explaining what has happened to them. Their home their home world uh, has been affected by the time war, and they've lost their physical forms. Uh, and they need uh, they need to come through the rift, and they they want to be have physical bodies again. Uh, the doctor agrees to use the dead on Earth as vessels, uh, so that they can. Uh, find so he can find them a new home essentially um which obviously rose didn't wasn't really on board with you know so um like the, the interaction between the the rose and the the doctor um kind of said it all like like i think any human that would have been with them probably would have went well no that's a bit disrespectful you know having like letting these creatures inhabit our dead you know what i mean it's why would we do that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? So, but then it goes to sh- show another depth of the Doctor of the fact that he is like alien and kind of probably escaped his notice sort of thing. He probably didn't think of that. All he's thinking of is these creatures and trying to save them. Whereas Rosa, I, th- I suppose, is thinking more of humans, you know? Yeah. And it's
1: like, why not? Do you know how many dead people there are? It's like, yeah, but what about their families? Yeah. I mean, surely they're gonna noticed that um that Norma Jean over there is up and walking after dying 30... Uh, dying about five weeks ago. Yeah. And anyways, as well, some of the bodies that the, the Gelfo, like inhabit, they're going to be a bit... so you can yeah, they're they're going to be a bit um, ripe, overripe yeah, they there. Yeah. They're gonna be kinda of falling apart
0: eventually, aren't they?
1: Yeah. I mean you don't you don't wanna be scaring the kids with grandma's face falling off. <laughs> so you don't? This is grandma. Oh shit, my nice fell
0: <laughs> Oh crap, where's yeah. it? Don't
1: stand on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Joint falling off. Everybody stay still Need to collect her teeth. Yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh,
2: G- uh Gwyneth, uh, who is the assistant to Mister. Sneed, who is the undertaker. Um, uh, the Gwyneth, uh, who has powers of perception, and this is the first time uh, during the interaction with uh, Gwyneth and Rose that uh, what? Do you call it? that bad wolf becomes an actual thing um which we'll come on to in a later episode but um she's she's seen quite a lot of the future and um like at the time this episode aired i think everybody had the same question it's like what does you mean by a big bad wolf what's that what's that got to do with anything you know what i mean so yeah teasing the future I think the quite
0: good scene is when Gwyneth and Rose are like discussing boys and stuff in the kitchen, and yes. you get to kind of, see like how different her life is to Rose's. Oh yeah, like, how much of a spoiled brat Rose kind of really is, even though she's kind of poor, but she's still a kind of spoiled brat compared to Gwyneth.
1: Yeah, well, I mean Did compared you... compared to Gwyneth, she would have been like rich. Yeah, so she would have.
0: Uh, and then, so, Gwyneth starts talking about Rose's dead father, and I thought it was quite interesting that Gwyneth actually makes the doctor's tea without even asking her how he wanted it, and he makes it. She makes it correctly.
1: Yeah, I think a small detail that was kind of missed about Gwyneth. Yeah, I think the
0: doctor clocks it. Like, interestingly, like he's like, oh, okay. Yeah. And then Ooh. she knows she has like a massive glimpse into the future and she sees like all the the cars and the, the planes and she gets kind yeah. of freaked out which is quite interesting because like if we could see like 200 years into the future I think we'd be kind of freaked out enough. now well I mean yeah because you don't know what it's going to be like um and then the doctor arrives and he says oh this, like she's got psychic abilities and it's because she raised on the, the rift yes um, so this is the first time we we get a world building, world world building of the rift, uh, which goes on to become a bit more important as the season progresses and the torture.
1: Yes. Yes. It does.
0: Uh... Yeah. Go on.
1: Oh no, I I was going to say something there, and then it kind of just went. I'm going away now. Okay. <laughs> it, it, yeah. Anyway, carry on. So, they do a seance,
0: because that's how they're going to convene with the, the Gelf. And, like, you know, Dickens is like, what the fuck? This is, this is not real, this is just stupid. Because uh, he's been, like, debunking this crap for years. Uh, and the doctor again tells him, like, just sit down and chat. Like, come on, let's go on with this. So, what do you think of the Gelf, anyway? Do you think the, the Gelf are good, or...? Crap! Uh, crap!
1: <laughs> How come? For the for the fact that yeah, they are this, they come through. They they're doing what they're doing. They're possessing people only when they're dead, but they're pretty useless. Yeah, so they are. They're not. They're not one of the more memorable villains of. The
0: Hoovers, no, no, because then when the Doctor hears like about the Time War, this is the first time they mention the Time War by name. Yeah, and it's like another victim of the Time War. And he starts to get a bit guilt, and he feels like he's responsible, so he just switches off and he just starts thinking that I need to help these people.
1: Yeah, I need to make it right.
0: Yeah, and even though when Rose kind of like questions, like well, we can't let them just like run around dead people.
2: He's like, well, why not? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, I thought it was, a, I thought it was a good little seed to put in as well for like future episodes, and and I, I like that about Russell T. Davis actually. He puts like little kind of bits it into it as well, and then sometimes it gets explained in in future episodes or whatever, and sometimes he just leaves it hanging for like other writers to explore. You yeah, know I mean? yeah. Well, best like was, the whole river scene
0: was the scene that you were talking the scene about. That you were talking about is actually, is added, actually in. added in it's actually dialogue added in by B. Oh
2: alright okay so it wasn't a part of the original script then
0: no no alright
2: oh, and Gwyneth uh, uh, mentions Rosen's dad who's dead who's dead alright oh, oh, I did not know that fair, dues, fair which dues. is a
0: which is a like a like a, a tease
2: for jack nice Fair enough. Um, yeah, I like I like that even better. Enough. <laughs> um, anyway, moving swiftly on. Um, uh, Gwyneth um, uh, agrees to be the um, the vessel, or she basically agrees to to stand under archway where the rift is to, so she is able to let the guelph through into. Into the earth, like onto earth. Um As she's standing under the basement uh, of the funeral home, underneath the rift, uh, it turns out that the Gelf cannot be trusted and use the dead to try and kill the doctor and Rose.
1: Yeah, like, we're going to be good. We're only going to inhabit the dead people. We don't, we don't want to take over your planet. And they're just like, oh yeah, come on in, yeah, Gwyneth, you go and do that. You go and open them and let them in, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're like, we lied. It's like, everyone could see that. <laughs> yeah. You're, yeah. Little, you're floating blue energy. That's never good. Yeah. And you just turned red. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't know there was a colour option.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe they could go green. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I prefer
0: green. No, I want yellow. I want purple. Oh my God.
1: No, no, because because then then it would start a completely different fight with the gulf. So they started. They'll start infighting. So they will.
0: Yeah, civil war.
1: Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it would be civil war. It The whole other thing.
0: Uh, you know, it might end up like a uh, teletubbies.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, one's green, one's blue. You know, one's yellow. Yeah. One's red, purple.
2: Not that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, exactly. Ah, dear. Anyway.
2: had to laugh here. So, like, I know he had a lot to kind of process in such a short amount of time, but what a bloody sissy he is when he just kind of runs off when he's seen all this, he kind of just runs off and leaves bloody the Doctor and Rose to die, essentially. Like, I know he's, like, brought in, like, his whole kind of thought processes into like you know he's i don't know he's yeah i know his like perception of 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 the world has kind of changed and it's rocked and it's probably like he's probably overwhelmed by it but then he kind of just essentially runs off doesn't he and leaves them to to die um yeah the doctor's screwed rose is screwed and like rose is like this is when they kind of it's good to
0: explain That obviously like in the future, like there's not loads of dead people walking about. And the doctor was like it explains really well that obviously like there's a time's in flux and things can change quite easily. Yes. Um they do it in the classic show sometimes as well, but this is the first time they do it in the main show in the New Who. Uh and like she's like, I can't die here and he's like, Yeah, you can you know. It doesn't mean that you can walk around and just get shot and you know just keep carrying on because you don't die yet, you know.
2: But then, as 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 he runs out the house, uh, he ends up he ends up having a, re- a revelation that uh, about the gas, um, and this is his saving grace here. To be fair, because he ends up running back into the house and turning up the gas because he, he discovers that um, the the gelf can't hold. Uh, can't be uh, hold the physical form of the bodies uh, while the gas, like the gas, is so high because they're gas-like creatures. Um, I don't know if I've explained that properly or not. <laughs> did that sound? Did that make sense? Sounded right? Yeah. Yeah, that's all right. Um, so essentially, all the gelf end up exiting the bodies that they've inhabited, which uh, allows uh, the Doctor and Rose to escape. Um, as as Dickens and Rose um exit the building, uh, the doctor wants to try and save Gwyneth, but re- realizes that she's been dead pretty much the entirety that she was underneath the archway, um, when she was letting the girl through. Yeah, which was quite, which was quite quite sad actually, because like obviously it could have been a a really good uh character for future episodes again. You know what I mean, but. I get why they've killed her off um, sort of thing Um, because essentially once all the girl would have been through, she probably would have been possessed by you know, the leader or whatever,
1: you know But then how was she having a conversation with them?
2: I don't
0: know that doesn't make sense or did she have to die to get the, the girl
1: through? Or was she never alive in the first place? Ooh. Because what you've got to think is the Doctor never checked that. No. Could it be that Gwyneth was Gelf and that's what gave her those, like, like the visions and the psychic abilities? Yeah, I don't know. Because, I don't the Gelf, because the Gelf was always saying that she was the key. So could it be she was, like, a Gelf that had got through the rift? Before, like before, it stopped the other ones.
0: Yeah, uh, maybe before they they lost their actual bodies and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. good on. So I I like to talk. I want to talk about the 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 scene with Rose, where she's on about like it's it's sad to think that um like because Rose hit the nail on the head here when she said. Uh, she was saddened by the fact that um no one no one will ever know that a servant girl uh with like had basically essentially saved the world saved the entire timeline and the world essentially and no one will ever know except from those three you know what i mean so yeah it's sad yeah uh, t- the do, uh, ah so as the doctor and uh, the doctor and Rose say goodbye to Charles, who is revitalized in life and is inspired again uh, to write um, an ending for uh, one of his books, the mystery of Edwin Drood, uh, which lacks a, like which he says lacks an ending, but then he's came up with the, the ending of uh, basically uh, perhaps maybe the murderer wasn't of the earth maybe was from a, a from another being uh, another being another air like another planet essentially and i think he called it uh, the mystery of edwin drood and the elemental the blue elementals uh so he could secretly spread the truth about the gelf um uh, Rose asks the doctor if it will change history. Him writing about obviously the girl, and he tells Rose that um, the new year brings in 1970 at uh, 1970, 1870, she say, and that's the year of his death. So he won't actually have the opportunity to write um, the story. Um, and then you see Charles uh, utterly bemused. He, he's Loving life, he's revitalized. Saying Merry Christmas to everyone, walking the streets, and uh, uh, he essentially <laughs> has a new zest for life. Especially when he sees the uh, the TARDIS dematerializing as well. That must have blown his mind, by the way. Yeah, seeing that. Yeah, like you know, like some especially somebody from like, from a Victorian era, seeing something so like like honestly, I, I you, you couldn't even imagine. What his thought processes were when he saw that, like saw the TARDIS just dematerialise. Even someone like us, like in real life, when we saw a blue box just materialise or dematerialise right in front of us, we'd probably struggle with that. Let alone someone from the Victorian era. You know, like do, what? What do you think? What was his thought processes like when he saw that? Yeah, he must have been thinking like, um, "Oh my god!" Well, that
0: explains a lot. <laughs> He, he must have think, oh, well, he must be from the future then.
2: Like, you know, that's just like, wow. It's Amazing. Well, he, he, can, he kind of says that to the Doctor, doesn't he? he? Like, not in so many words, but he's like, uh, he kind of realises he's from the future uh, anyway, doesn't he? So with his interaction just as he's about to leave. So he
0: says goodbye to the Doctor, and he's like, why are you walking into a box, like Rose? And he's like, and he's like damn, boy. Stop being
1: horny. <laughs> <laughs> You're naughty, naughty boy.
0: Naughty,
2: naughty.
1: Naughty, oh, <laughs> uh,
2: Jesus! But yeah. Um but yeah, um it's hard to think though. Like like Charles Dickens is walking down the street going, Merry Christmas, got a new zest for life. Yes, I'm gonna do this, this, and this. Not realizing that is in a matter of what I don't know, weeks, months, or six months. Six months, Well, within six months, he's dead. You know, not able to do what he said, what he wanted, like set out at the end. So, you know, and that is the unquiet dead. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: Uh, to, is is there anything you want to, like talk about through the episode? Anything that you want to bring up about it?
1: It's, it's funny that, it's ap- it's funny though how the Doctor turned up ex- ex- exactly six months before Charles Dickens died, met Charles Dickens, showed him all this stuff, and then he was like, I'm going to write about this, and then he pops his clogs.
0: Yeah. Dear yeah, me.
1: Anyhow.
0: I like, was like, Dickens in this episode is kind of like Scrooge, basically, like he kind of has a, a full 180. Yeah. Like
1: this is so amazing. I'm lucky to be alive. So happy. I'm so happy, doctor. I'm so happy now. Thank you very much. Thank you. Can you give me some Viagra
0: too? <laughs> I'm going home. Any yes. <laughs> yes. food. Yes. Rose gets me too. Yes. Hashtag Before...
2: me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, I forgot about that actually. It's the fact that he's, he, he, she was giving it giving him a loud day as well, like I don't like I I know you were feeling me up sort of thing. <laughs> uh, you know, you dirty old man, you dirty, dirty boy <laughs> <laughs> uh, And he, all the while he's like "Oh, ho, ho down boy <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah what a dirty little bastard eh? cover yeah. a feel yeah you know so, have you noticed in some of the
0: shots, like, you know, when you see that Rose is wearing this, like, dress? Yes. Uh, and, like, it doesn't go, like, above the shoulders. Like, it's, like... I don't know how you describe the dress. Benny. Anyway, oh. You can only... Yes. Look, he, he, it's, like... From up the way, like, down the way, like, I don't know. Anyway, and like, some shots, like, you can only see, like, from, a, like, a shoulders up the way. Like, it looks like she's not wearing anything.
2: Yes. Oh, I I d I didn't actually notice that to be fair. <laughs> and the doctor's looking at him like Hi. The
0: like,
1: mm, hello. <laughs> this is why I bring young this is why I bring your hair with me,
0: Rose.
1: Oh yes, Rose. Yes. Mm. Oh lovely, Rose.
2: Yeah, oh, my days. Uh you can you can tell that somebody out there will probably end up doing like a like a, a video of just like of like all the scenes like like from the upper half in that look maker look naked going, Oh, look naked pictures of Billy Piper or something <laughs> <You know? laughs> Uh but yeah. Um I'm just trying just trying to think of uh like I think I've given basically my thoughts on like each bit like like through reading that anyway. But uh, I think it's
0: pretty funny that the Doctor makes rules change into something like, you know Victorian something like a, a dress or something, but yeah, he just changes his jumper. Yeah.
1: Jesus. <laughs> I like, I've just, cha- I've just changed my knitwear.
2: Yeah, I, I did find that quite funny. Like you know, so that's my camouflage. You know, so. Oh dear. Anyhow,
0: anything else you want to say about this episode? and uh,
1: not really. I yeah, uh, not really.
0: Do you want to rate the episode? Yeah, uh, go for it. So, in this podcast, we have designed our own rating system. And it's basically like a one to five star. And each is a quote from Doctor Who. So, one star would be... I don't like it. Uh, basically means you never want to watch it again. You wouldn't recommend it to any of your friends. And uh, it was boring as hell. And the, the bad... You, Definitely outweighs the good. Two stars would be... Good grief. It's not good and it's not terrible either. Uh, You could possibly skip this episode. Three stars would be... Good. It's a pile of good things and bad things. It's basically just sort of average Doctor Who. Four stars would be... Brilliant. It's very, very good. Uh, You would watch it again and you would definitely recommend it to your friends. 5 stars would be fantastic. You would definitely watch it again and it's something it's one of the episodes you would go to watch straight away
2: on a rewatch and it's definitely in your top 10. For me, um again I'm I'm going to repeat myself again here, but um it's going to have to be again um I did like certain parts of of the episode and like it, it didn't keep me altogether engaged there was times where I did feel engaged um into the actual episode itself um I did like as I said the bits with uh, between the doctor and Charles Dickens uh, I didn't like the fact that he like told them to shut up but here part of the script I suppose but like uh when he's explaining about like him being a fan and everything else I like that sort of interaction uh, as well I did like I did like essentially the bit uh, the bits with uh, between Gwen Gweneth and uh, Rose as well. Um, I did quite I did quite like that. It was quite engaging. Uh, but then there was certain parts where I was just like kind of switched off, sort of thing. I was like, all right, okay. So like I I, I quite like the it kind of shows like the uh, the special effects in it as well. Like it's kind of shown a time a little bit, but like uh, you know what I mean. So but i ca i can't, I'm not rating it based on on that anyway but like yeah I'm gonna go on for a Ood, uh just for the fact that it was engaging at times but not as engaged as I normally would be for a Doctor Who episode
1: uh, I'd give it a good rate. it wasn't it wasn't really the best episode of new who the girl for <clears throat> shit. They were some people might like the Gelf, but to be perfectly honest, they were for me, they were shit. So they were, and it in some parts it seemed it felt a little bit forced, yeah. So it did, but that's just my opinion.
0: Fair enough. Uh, I would give it. Good, great as well.
1: Yeah,
0: I think Eve Miles as Gwen Gwyneth is really good in this episode. Yes, and the doctor's really good. And I think Sam Callow Dickens is yeah, he's all right. But yeah,
1: I think the villain's just a bit meh. Yeah, I, it's I think great. it's the story and the just the villain.
0: Yeah, I think if they did more stuff with the if they just got rid of like the. Charles Dickens bit at the beginning where he's like at the theater. They got rid of that bit and just had it all at the Undertaker. I
1: think, I think they they tried to focus it more on Dickens than they did the actual storyline and villain.
0: Yeah, But I,
1: hope. I think that's that's kind of the problem they had with that episode.
0: Yeah, but uh, no, nah, it's it's all right, but. Nah, I haven't really watched it really a lot, to be fair, so. But, uh, that's the episode then.
1: That's
0: the episode. So, obviously, the next episode we're going to be reviewing the 60th anniversary specials. So, as so, that'll be fun. Yes, joy. And then we'll be getting through to the Christmas special. Uh, and then we'll get back to reviewing the classic and Yoo-hoo Yep. in January. Yes, the joys. Yes. Woo-hoo. So, thanks for listening, everyone. Yes, thank you. And goodbye. Bye-bye.
1: Goodbye.